0: Hell Surprise Cosmic Cubbies Alive
1: Hey there and welcome to Marvel by the Month, the podcast that takes you through the history of Marvel Comics one month at a time. In this episode, that month is August of 1967. My name is Brian Stratton. And mine is Rob Milne. Rob, we are recording this the day before uh, Thanksgiving, a holiday that
2: is in no way problematic. (laughs) Yeah, uh, not at all. Uh, We just we just talked about it a little bit before we got rolling. But um, (laughs) yes, it is uh, nearly as problematic as Columbus Day. Um, Yeah. Or worse. uh, It's hard to say. Uh, And and it's 2020. It's hard to say what is worse about anything at this point. It's Um,
1: all just a giant (laughs) trash fire. Um, (laughs)
2: What what, what are your uh, your uh, holiday
1: redacted plans?
2: Uh, I, we do a thing. Barb cooks this awesome tofurkey roast. I don't, I was a vegetarian for 25 years and then I, I'm a pescatarian now. So I still have, I haven't had turkey since, um, it might've been like the late, the early nineties, like Nirvana <laughs> was probably over by the time, uh, or, you know, still playing when I gave up turkey. So yeah. Right. Uh, um, so yeah, great to- tofurkey roast. Just we're, it's just us. We're going to hang out. We've, we watched, uh, Aquaman because we had the free time <laughs> Festive. Um, and we've been playing some uh Ghost of Tsushima the 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 um, it's like a samurai set um Oh yeah uh third third person open world game uh it's so fun on playstation um so we've been we've been doing that playing pinball hanging out just uh just starting to chill out i've been i had to do work until just about now so i'm ready to have a long weekend yeah yeah no we're kind of in the same boat just keeping it real small real
1: local not traveling um you know because we're sensible and responsible human beings um and I would say that's kind of like one of the only COVID silver linings, uh, at least as far as this show is concerned, is that responsible people are not making travel plans. So if you want to schedule a guest for a recording like the day before a holiday, <laughs> they're there. Um, so uh, and speaking of uh, scheduling guests, uh, we've got a great guest this week who I'm really excited to uh, introduce. Um he is an actor, he's a comedian, he's a dancer, he's a podcaster. He, he is really far too talented uh, to be wasting his time <laughs> doing this with us. Um, you may have seen him on Marvel.com's Thwip, The Big Marvel Show, uh, or Marvel's uh, premier red carpet specials. Uh, he is the host of the Minority Corner podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. James Arthur M. Thank you so much for joining us on Marvel by the Month this week.
3: What's up, guys? Happy uh, extra long weekend. Yeah, uh, thank you. There what we we're go. Calling it happy <laughs> extra long gratitude weekend. <laughs> Perfect. Now calling it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Are you? I I trust you are staying put uh, for the festivities.
3: I'm going nowhere. Um, and the thing is, like, I so I'm used to being. I was living in New York for a few years. I recently moved back to San Francisco. Was on my way to LA but the pandemic hit. So. So oh, here I am back in the bay. I, I'm used to like just being a guest star at not only other people's podcasts, but at like family like Thanksgivings and like Christmas. Like it's nice when you're away because it's like a big deal when you do show up and like <laughs> With this year, I all I wanted to do, but it's been such an exhausting year. Just like so, so much is just going on, and I feel like I've just been doing so much like work to just. There's so much work to be done, you know, mm-hmm. uh, between you know social injustice and just you know making money to stay yes. alive and stay healthy and just you know working for the elections and stuff like that. Anyways, I'm tired. All I want, I don't <laughs> want to see. You know, I want to be in a cave. I want to be in my room. Like, don't ta- I want to order a pizza. Yeah, call it a day. But I will say, my family, because I'm like the. Zoom master, like in my family. <laughs> and uh so I've been doing like Zoom events, like extravaganzas. We did one for like a Mother's Day extravaganza, a Father's Day extravaganza, just anything, just add extravaganza to it. And, <laughs> but they're so exhausting to do because it's not just like you can't just ha- I have a huge family, huge right. family, right? So you can't just be on a Zoom and just be like, hey, everybody has it going disaster because then people are talking. You need like, an agenda of like events that things are doing. So we'll usually have like a lip sync for life contest that I'll MC or there'll be like trivia and like a uh, family feud, like all these sort of things. But those are also exhausting to do. My family is like, can you do what I'm like, okay, listen, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hop on for like an hour in between the football games that y'all want to watch. I'll take a break from like watching Titans you know, <laughs> and we'll see each other for a second. And then I'm going back to my cave. So that's yeah. what I'm doing. I have no issues or problems. Like this is what I would have wanted to do. Even if we could see each other physically. This gave me the excuse to not feel guilty to do that. Yeah, Very cool. It's your Very gift.
1: Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's basically like you're orchestrating uh, a 20 guest podcast. So
3: it's a good thing that you have yes. some experience uh, doing the podcasting thing. Um, what it is. Power of, the, but you just get to mute people that you want to. Sorry, Aunt Sharon, <laughs> not the time to talk. No, Perfect. you're not. Oh, wait. Nope. Now you're muted. You're muted on Sharon. <laughs> nope. Oh, now that's you're just a potato. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> How'd she figure oh. out how to do that?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> well, uh, talking about podcasting, so when I, I reached out to you to come on to the show, uh, I mentioned uh, in the email that I credit uh, your show Minority Corner uh, with really helping to smart me up about a lot of intersexual, uh, intersectional uh, cultural and issues. Intersexual too, and intersexual, uh, And <laughs> intersexual cultural <laughs> issues.
3: We can talk about them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but I was wondering, uh, could, do you think you could describe uh, Minority Corner uh, to those who haven't
3: checked it out yet? What's your elevator pitch? Oh, my gosh. What are you, my therapist? I, I know, just, right? <laughs> my therapist who's also like turned into like my life coach I think my therapist is like maybe I should get a different therapist then because he's also just like he's kind of like a Dina Lohan momager in a way except he doesn't we're not doing drugs together so he's more of like a Chris Jenner because he's got his shit together and wants to make sure we all get our shit together um but like yeah the genesis of, of Minority Corner it's essentially a podcast where we talk about pop culture, history, news, self-care, comedy all through an intersectional lens so uh, we're Martin voices collide and uh we talk about some heavy stuff but mm-hmm. we also make a giggle because if you're not giggling you're then crying which you will cry too there <laughs> right, will be some right. tears but uh yeah we just we have a it's a great time it's a fun time you you have fun while while you're there uh, you know we started way back when uh you know believe it or not like about five years ago mm. there wasn't a lot of like I would say there was wasn't a lot of like black intersectional voices out there in the podcasting world and it really started around the first time Black Lives Matter was coming up and there was a podcast that I won't say the name of it but it's I adore it but it's no longer on Maximum Fun and it used to be on Maximum Fun which is where Minority Corner is a part of but it was supposed to be this like you know gay and feminist podcast and then black lives matter was happening and they weren't mentioning anything and i was mm, just like mm-hmm. this is so heavy on my heart and my spirit how are you all not addressing this issue they have sense come around and they do like they're you know i feel like the second time was the charm like, when we came around the second time, we're like, Black Lives Matter now? Like, everyone was like, oh, yeah, 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 sorry. We were messing it up for everybody. Uh, we get it. we sorry. We were, you know, it's essentially like, you know, it was sort of this thing of, like, with the whole entire All Lives Matter thing. Is like, you know, if we're, you know, at a meeting talking about cancer and someone comes up and they're like, but what about asthma? And it's like, okay, as it's bad, but we're not talking about that right now. We talk about cancer. So yeah. <laughs> focus, <that>. people, focus. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. But let's, yeah. Well let's go talk about cancer right now. And it's yeah. you know, more dangerous.
1: Oh man, yeah. It, no, it's a great show. I, I definitely recommend uh, anyone uh, hearing this should be hearing that as well. Um, it's, it, it is, it's fun. It's funny. It's heavy. Um, and it's not like you have lacked for subject
3: matter this year.
1: So, <laughs> uh, or you know, any year. But this yeah, is, <laughs> I haven't.
3: I haven't told anybody this, but I was actually. Oh wow, we're gonna get deep. Is this Oprah? We're gonna get deep and heavy for a second. I'm not actually convinced. I hope my listeners don't get sad. I was actually gonna stop doing Minority Corner um, because we had been running my co my co host. She, you know, her and I were best friends since college. She mm-hmm. had a baby. She was leaving, so I was gonna like wrap it up around last, like in February, and then I was like, well, let me just keep going. A little. Let me make it to the election. But then all mm-hmm. this stuff happened, and I you know, I, so many people have started listening to the podcast and they're finding us now. And it's just, as like, it's, it's, there's so much more work that still needs to get done. Of you know, there's just so many sort of histories that, you know, haven't been told people were just discovering Tulsa because of like, you know, the Watchmen, And we were yep. like, well, we've been, ta- we talked about that. It was like episode two. We were <laughs> talking about Tulsa. So come on over. Like there's just so much of our history, you know, even just understanding the, the mass genocide that has happened to first nations people. Um, you know, the Tainos who were here as well. And it's, or even just like the, the Mexican Americans who were already here when it was, you know, Mexico and then yeah. it was America and then they were in Texas. And then the Texas Rangers, which we need to change that team name, Texas Rangers slaughtered hundreds of Mexican Americans because they couldn't you know they were on their property and they needed to get them out so there's like yeah. Tulsa's just only one of many massacres that's happened to you know different people and and it's important to hear those stories because then we can understand you know what our true history is and then we can you know live up to to, to what that is and why we're saying create more spaces of you know marginalized people in the in the storytelling that we we're doing you know yeah yeah Sorry, you got me on my soapbox. You're like, "What's no, the podcast about?" Tell right? awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <Now> you. <laughs> oh well. Um,
1: man, there's no elegant way to transition, so I'm just gonna barrel through. <laughs> Let's uh, talk about <laughs> comics. <laughs> Let's talk about comic books. Uh, so I, I know uh, you have worked for Marvel. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you're uh, a Marvel comics fan. I what was your it. gateway into uh, the Marvel universe? What were some of your early favorites?
3: Yeah. So, <laughs> so this is a great conversation. I'm glad we glad we're talking about this. So I. I spent a lot of so my gateway was actually the X-Men cartoon, was how I Mm -hmm. discovered it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like when I become a teenager, I am gonna I just knew I was gonna have mutant powers. I just knew it. (laughs) I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to see what they were gonna be. I just knew I was gonna be a mutant and then like, you know, go be a hero. And I think that's the thing that's like I I X-Men was like I Uh, It was my gateway into just now. I like love all things like superheroes. There was something about the X Men because it was like. I, oh you could anybody could be uh a a, a hero you know mm-hmm. and there is this sort of like they were ostracized they were different and if you are feeling if you're on the marginalized you know side of the world uh competing in the oppression olympics which there are no winners <laughs> um <laughs> you you saw yourself like oh my god little jubilee gets to be a superhero <laughs> like even jubilee gets to be a superhero <laughs> and so that was sort of like my my, my gateway into it and just fell in love with, like you know the video games all that sort of stuff and i would go to the comic book store and i would just peruse it was almost so overwhelming because i've always always felt like i it means because i had like an older brother and he's five years older than me i always felt like i've always felt like i've been catching up like wait what happened wait what was this what was dynasty about like oh there were other (laughs) you know i missed a season of the simpsons because i wasn't you know fully conscious yet so (laughs) when you go to the comic store you're like oh my god Gosh, like yeah. I just felt like there's so much story to try to come up, like, you know, catch up on. So um, I would read a lot of, you know, comic books in the store. I you know, in my family, I want to say, I and maybe I'm wrong, but I always thought like a lot, allowance is already always kind of felt like a, you know, white people thing. Um, <laughs> it just kind of felt like, and, because my dad was just like, you have everything that you, if you want something, make a request and you'll make it happen. I <laughs> wanted for nothing as a kid, but my dad wasn't going to give me like extra money to like waste around, you know? <laughs> and so when I did have it, I wasn't, I would maybe play, you know, video games and things like that. So I had a lot of like, sort of my best friend had comic book cards. We were obsessed with, with the X-Men and so we had comic I and that's how I would learn all about like the stories and who is connected to who and just reading all the comic book you know uh, and so like the 90s period of X-Men is just like one of like my favorites I think it's like Chris Claremont I want to say mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. then um, you get just a lot of like my favorite sort of storylines that you're sort of you know seeing and uh, so that was sort of like my, my gateway into it and then Uh, It floodgates once I got to college and I had I don't know where this disposable income came from. I think I was spending my T.A. stipend on comics. (laughs) Fast forward to like how I left graduate school in debt because I was (laughs) buying comics. But ultimate the ultimate series was where I got to go deep in ham and just sort of like live my childhood dream of like because also the ultimate it was like the reset button was hit because they're Mm -hmm. like we're starting over you don't need to know nothing about anything and so and it's always fun I always like a retelling Mm because you can see how they do things you know it's like Dazzler she's a different kind of pop star or something it just it was very fun to sort of revisit so the ultimate series where I went deep into it and really got to like uh, and then spending a lot of time on Wikipedia Wikipedia Mm -hmm. is where I would just read a lot of the stories because I just wasn't going to Spent all my money even as I'm adult <laughs> on these comics. But I feel like I know like all of this like wealth of information. That's why it was so cool to get to uh go back in time tu- 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 tu yeah. with you all and do some, you know, I felt like I had like uh nerd homework this to today. Which to, to, like, <laughs> is good. Hey, I'm a blurt. Yeah. I am a blurred. I can say that like really? I can <laughs> say that. I can say the word nerd. I can say that that N word. <laughs> Own it. Own oh, no. it. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, All gosh. right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, have had you read? Had you read a lot of the the '60s silver age stuff before, or had, was this like your first exposure to it?
3: Woo! I'll, I've only like you know I've only encountered it through like you know in the documentaries, and they're yeah. just like you know Stan Lee's like, oh yeah, me and you know Kirby were creating this. So you know that was my only experience. I have never like read the actual journey and stories yeah. and dialogue of it. <laughs> yeah. Why was this an experience? I was going to say, without (laughs) getting into the specifics,
1: which we'll get into a little later in the show, what were some of your general impressions and takeaways?
3: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I (laughs) felt like, you know, in TV they have like, you know, uh, sweeps, you know, it's like, I think it's like in May and November and it's like, bring out the best storylines. And so this is, I guess there's no, there's not a November sweeps for comic books because this (laughs) felt like a (laughs) lot of filler, even the Fantastic Four. And it's like. Ooh, it's the annual. It's all these pages, and it's just like, oh, it just like felt like a money trap for children. Like, this is, <laughs> I'm this, and this is why my dad didn't give me an allowance because he yep. just didn't want Stanley and Jack Kirby to steal it all. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was definitely fun to just get to see some of the sort of like origins and getting to see, uh, just sort of them back in the day, see what they mm-hmm. were up to. It's a, you know, it. The drama of like that hits them in the seventies and eighties, and even just like today, it hasn't quite hit yet. Not at all. No, a simpler time, a simpler adventure. Of you know, like oh no, Doctor Octopus is in my house. (laughs) <laughs> oh man.
1: Well, uh, we're really excited to get, uh, to dive into these, uh, and talk about them. Um, but before we talk about the comics that hit the newsstands in August of 67, um, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about, uh, as we always do about what was going on in the world, uh, mm. at the same time. So, uh, Rob, um, why don't you uh, let us know how Vietnam is going oh, in August of 1967? Let's <laughs> let's kick this off with uh, some cheerful.
2: Yeah, our, our show has some ups and downs. It's all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Vietnam is what is usually a down um, <laughs> on the 3rd of August. <laughs> President Johnson asked Congress to temporarily increase individual and corporate income taxes by 10% for the 1968 tax year to pay for the cost of his Great Society programs and the American War in Vietnam. So he also announced that he had approved sending an additional 45,000 American troops to fight in Vietnam within the next year, bringing the total number to more than half a million on the 25th of August. U.S. Secretary of Defense Robert S. McNamara testified before a Senate subcommittee that the bombing of North Vietnam, uh, the policy advocated by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, would not bring about peace negotiations and that, quote, enemy operations in the South cannot, on the basis of reports I have seen, be stopped by air bombardment. (laughs) Uh, according to a 1989 book by historian mark perry the jcs chief of staff general earl wheeler called an emergency meeting of the chiefs of staff and the group decided that they should call a press conference to announce their resignations Uh, but the military leaders reversed themselves the next day because it would give the appearance of a mutiny so that was how close we were to uh to uh just a everyone running away from Vietnam, uh, that to that level. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Which in retrospect might not have been the
3: worst outcome.
2: No. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah J- man. Johnson was off to such a great start. I, Cause I always, it was, it was like Johnson president Johnson. Oh, LBJ. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he was off to a great start. And then he just couldn't, that he, Vietnam. That was his, yeah. you know, white dragon. He was just was chasing. Yep. It's, it's, it's wild. Whale.
1: Yeah. We, we, we've talked about this on the show before, too. But it's like, you know, he gave us uh, Medicaid. He gave us Medicare. He gave us Social Security, uh, like the Civil Rights Act, like all these amazing pieces of social legislation, and
3: then got us just. <laughs> stuck in vietnam for a decade so you you win some you lose some you gotta side eye (laughs) your heroes as we say in minority corner you gotta side eye your heroes (laughs) exactly you get a lot of side eye yeah um
1: well also uh on the uh in that section of the world uh in china the cultural revolution still going strong um and wow uh stuff is just Literally on fire. Um, So on the 11th of August, uh, Chinese Red Guards seized control of a Soviet cargo ship a few days after the ship's captain was said to have dishonored Chairman Mao Zedong by refusing to accept a welcome badge bearing the chairman's image. (laughs) The offending captain was paraded through the streets the next day. The ship was held in port uh, after Soviet Premier Alexei Kosygin threatened to end all trade with China. The Chinese Navy freed the ship and escorted it out of the port. Uh, And then uh, a day after the ship was allowed to leave, protesters attacked the Soviet embassy in Beijing. So, um, yeah, uh, Soviet Union and China not getting along super great right now.
3: Almost just sounds like the whole entire shenanigans of this just sounds like something that we narrowly avoided in our own country of just like authoritarian yeah. shenanigans. Just <laughs>
2: just now, we just yeah, narrowly like, avoided. Like,
3: <laughs> that was close. <laughs> yes. Different timeline. Teeth. You know, there's mm. a different timeline where, you know. Yeah. Well, there's so a different m- timeline where this isn't happening. So. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. I, I was going to say, this isn't necessarily the worst timeline. It might just be the second worst timeline.
3: Uh, I think that's true. I yeah. think that's true. <laughs>
2: Uh, In better news, on the 30th of August, uh, by a vote of 69 to 11 in the United States Senate, Thurgood Marshall was confirmed as the first African-American justice of the United States Supreme Court. Ten of the 11 votes against him came from the southern states, joined by Senator Robert Byrd of West Virginia. Marshall's confirmation had taken 78 days to be completed, nearly three times as long as any other appointee by President Johnson to the high court. Seventy-eight, 78 that was just days. A Seventy-eight
3: days. How yeah. many days did Amy Comey Barrett? It was three. Yeah, seventy so, so. in the middle of a pandemic, and yeah. like they couldn't pass a relief bill. Oh lord. <laughs> <laughs> yep seven, eight days. Yeah. Yep. Um, hey, at, least, at least he got a hearing. It makes me so sad that Thurgood Marshall, we couldn't just make him live forever because I know. Clarence mm-hmm. Thomas and up replacing him, which is just a just <laughs> slap in the face. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, here's a black guy. No, not that one. <laughs> not that one. There are 9% of us that vote questionably, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh
2: um Marshall would be sworn into office on September 1st and would take his seat on the bench on October 2nd. So you know, we 67 did that.
1: Yep, we got that out of it uh, I've got a few, uh, so, some births and some deaths uh, That happened in August of 67 um, So on the 11th uh, Hey, we're all podcasters here This is a huge day in podcast history uh, Joe <laughs> Joe Rogan uh, Who is oh. a uh,
3: dumb person's idea Of a smart person Was born in
1: Newark, New Jersey
3: <laughs> what, what, What's the exact date I have a time machine that I'm gonna uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, like, I'll be right back you could Live, <laughs> Joe, Rogan. Joe Rogan, out God, uh, on the uh,
1: on the nineteenth uh, of August, Hugo Gernsback, uh, the science fiction publisher for whom the Hugo Award is named, uh, died at oh. the age of eighty three. Oh. Um, on the 21st, uh, Carrie Ann Moss, who I think we can all agree is probably most famous for playing Jerry Hogarth in the Netflix Marvel shows. <laughs> I think uh, maybe,
2: <laughs> maybe, um, the matrix. Come on.
1: Maybe uh, she, w- yeah. she was born in Burnaby, uh, British Columbia. Um, so baby if they ever do an alpha flight movie, uh, she might be Ooh. tapped for that. Uh, um,
3: listen up, Kevin.
1: <laughs> and and, like uh, I, I can just say his first name And we all know who we're talking yep. about <laughs> And uh, I'm, Man, I hope I don't butcher this Adewale Akinuwe Ag- Agbad I knew I was going to get the last name wrong Agbadjay, uh, who played Curse in Thor The Dark World and Mr. Echo in Lost And Killer yes. Croc in Suicide Squad uh, Was born in Islington
3: Um, snaps all around. I don't know if you listen. Minority Corner is many things, but pronouncing things is not (laughs) anywhere on our top 100 lists of talents. We are known for butchering things. Well done. I never no had any idea that's how you would maybe even come close to pronouncing that's well done well it's pretty good i i did watch good. a video of 20 different people
1: saying his name so i could try to get it right so that's, that's, <laughs> that's my research and
2: you didn't you didn't just give it to me to say which was very nice which of is you. usually then i, I just i can ruin any name yeah uh
1: and then um, uh, on the uh, the 20th of August, uh, my mom turned 14. Oh. Uh, do you know what her name is, James? Her name is Donna.
3: <laughs> oh. Whoa, I feel like I've been... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been brought onto this podcast specifically for this moment. Uh, it might be yeah. this is like a worse version of Punk, where it's like trapped, <laughs> and it's like, do you have anything you would like to say? <laughs>
1: do uh, do you want to explain the the backstory of that one Mm. for people
2: who had just been taken totally by surprise Uh,
3: uh, no I'd like to talk about the X-Men I'm just kidding Um,
2: (laughs) is Donna like a Becky or something worse Um.
3: well something that (laughs) happened on Minority Corner it's been a huge it's been a huge kerfuffle but many an episode so giggling on the show I confess that for years when people say Donald Trump I don't hear the L I just don't hear it or people get lazy with it it just (laughs) sounds like donna and i confessed (laughs) to my two guest co-hosts who are women and i was kind of like checking in i was like i this is what i hear and they're like that's funny and we had a giggle about it and mainly to and we got like people we explained this on the episode we were not Calling him Donna because some anything's related to like we're a feminist podcast, nothing to do. We love it seems stupid to say we love women, like of course, like what we love human beings. <laughs> but the joke is on his toxic masculinity that if he heard anybody calling him Donna, he would like lose his shit. And yeah, so it was more. And also, I grew up watching that on two Donna Martin, like Tori Spelling, is just like hilarious because like she's just a fool. Like she just, you can't look at Tori Spelling and not have a laugh. Like and Donna Martin was just a terrible. Character, just oh, Donna. She just, you know, <laughs> shaking the name. Uh, and meanwhile, I'm saying all this stuff, like, that's your mother's name. <laughs> also, I have no connection to a Donna. The only Donna I know is Donna Martin. And so I'm just like, <laughs> so we then started calling um, Trump and I use his name now. I didn't like mm-hmm. to use his name before so I didn't want to give him any power. It was like Voldemort. Yeah. Ooh, don't want to say the name. We know? don't say his name in this house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now I can say it because I'm like, ain't hey, got no, the it pa- doesn't have the same power. To me, mm-hmm. I like to say it because it reminds us to not, go there again right it's like McCarthyism like that's what I put it as like we're not doing that again that's an evil thing it's bad people say they like that they into bad things so anyways so that's where uh (laughs) so we were calling him Donna because it was like this is hilarious they didn't want it 45 was too powerful Agent Orange was like making fun of his looks and so anyways so that's um I'm sorry to your mother I'm sure she's (laughs) I'm glad she was <laughs> you know, she, as far as I know, she doesn't know how to listen to podcasts. So I don't. Okay. I think she's we're never cool. gonna yeah. hear this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> she's been listening to Minority Court this entire time. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> she's. I mean, she's a pretty progressive, lady. Uh, I, I got
3: three. I got three upset emails and maybe it was one of them was from better <laughs> Yeah better than we're not. No. They they're not from no. I won't go never mind. Yes, let's Okay, go. I'm going yeah, to I'm going to yeah. sweep
2: this Donna thing out of the way and head nice. uh, <sighs> although I do I'm going to share this for the name for for the the current okay, president. Sorry, I thought
3: you had another gotcha. You're like, and then James, no. you said this <laughs> no, song.
2: No, I'll, I'll just wrap up our history with my favorite part. <laughs> Beatles by the month, uh, because I love the Beatles. Um, most of August, uh, for the Beatles was spent recording songs for the magical mystery tour album on the 24th. The Beatles met the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi for the first time, minus Ringo, uh, because he had just uh, had his wife Maureen just gave birth to their son. Um, so they that was when they first met the the Maharishi, and when they went off, you know, started listening and following the Maharishi for a while. But three days later, this is part of what ties into that. Brian Epstein, their manager, at 32, died of an overdose of barbiturates oh uh uh, so they had met him the maharishi then this happened and i think they that was part of why they started you know sort of following some idea of these Mm. spiritual pursuits of of different um sort of eastern mysticism for want of a better word um but yeah they, they that was just a crazy month for them um for for everyone involved
3: wow yeah That's crazy. Like, I he also met the Maharishi and was like, let me go do some drugs. I just (laughs) I don't think so. I think he was just doing drugs at that point. Okay. He was, missed that meeting. Yeah. He showed up yeah.
2: uh, like during some of the sessions for magical mystery tour and looked kind of out of it and didn't really have much to say, which is unusual for him. And then like, I know him, I just, <laughs> I've read so much about him. I feel like I know. Uh, and, and he was, you know, he's, he had some very tough times with the more and more the spotlight was on the Beatles. More people were uh, on his case for just, you know, uh, how how and who he was who he dated and and um his his i mean it was pretty open homosexuality but he was just um it was getting tougher and tougher mm-hmm. so i feel like that was part of it but that's just me reading into the history of and and knowing things that he wrote too so yeah it was a weird year what a yeah. bummer
3: tales old as time and also yeah. my, I am Maharishi big fan I practice transcendental meditation which the Maharishi brought to the United States oh you right, do? On, right nice. on yes yeah. I am big there into you go, TM yeah. it that's what
2: comes back George around. Harrison got them into it because he was so interested in that specifically yeah
3: wow good practice highly recommend TM Oprah does it and so does Jerry Seinfeld and the Beatles like I mean come on and David and
2: Lynch like, David Lynch and, loves it yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Well, there we go. Um, so that's that's a glimpse of what was happening in August 67. Um, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and then when we come back, we're going to start talking about uh, some of the funny books that came out uh, this month. Uh, we'll be right back here on Marvel by the Month.
2: Welcome back to Marvel by the Month. Let's talk about the quick hits. These are the issues we're not going to talk about at length, but there were a lot of issues. Uh, as you know, we, we can only talk about so many for so long uh, without having a 20-hour podcast every week. So um, <clears throat> let's go to Amazing Spider-Man Annual number four. Spider-Man and his best frenemy, the Human Torch, team up to fight the Wizard and Mysterio, which sounds like it could be you know, the top bill for the month, but it's not, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Avengers <all> right. <laughs> number, it was, you know, it was pretty rote, um, Avengers number 45, as the Avengers are being honored in central park for defeating the Mandarin and his funkies in last month's annual, the super adaptoid returns to try and finish off captain America in daredevil number 33 daredevil repeatedly gets beaten up by the beetle And it's about as embarrassing as it sounds. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He's still got his
1: little tentacle fingers, Uh, man.
2: Those are dumb gloves. Um, yeah. The (laughs) fantastic four, number 68, um, while trying to return Ben Grimm to human form for the 1000th time, Reed Richards gets suckered by a mysterious evil scientist who turns the thing evil instead. So we get an evil thing who is not human. Um, He'd be a little more manageable in normal Ben Grimm human form. Um, then uh, not brand Eck number four, please don't make me talk about not brand Eck ever, ever. Um, <laughs> so bad okay we'll move on, we'll move on. <laughs> sergeant fury I'm, I'm sorry to keep re-traumatizing
0: you with
2: like that uh sergeant fury number 47 was called tea and sabotage it's not on marvel unlimited so we have not been keeping up on that lately apparently um, involves uh sabotage and perhaps tea possibly
3: Ooh, good guess yeah uh, that sounds about right <laughs>
2: Uh Strange Tales number 162 Nick Fury continues his battle against the not at all problematic 1950s Fu Manchu knockoff Ooh. The Yellow Claw. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean. Oh man, I don't yeah. know why starenko may I mean I don't know who brought him back but man, that wasn't a good idea. Uh No. And Doctor Strange defeats Baron Mordo again. But uh, still has to deal with Nebulous before the uh, Living Tribunal returns. So Nebulous was something that looks kind of like the Living Tribunal, but we've all forgotten. Uh, the Living Tribunal somehow made it through to now. Nebulous does not. Um, yeah, I just realized the summary for the Doctor Strange story is
1: basically just a Mad Lib.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just Insert noises here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tales of Suspense number 95 Iron Man gets stoned but not in the fun way When he faces off against Le Grey Gargoyle Le Grey Gargoyle Um, And Agent 13 turns down Cap's marriage proposal So he decides to give up being Captain America because
3: oh, snap. Yeah. that's some drama and the, yeah. this is early 1967 they pulling out some Days of Our Lives stuff oh yeah <laughs> oh yes yes well, yes yes let me some Sharon Carter let's go
0: <laughs> this is oh, where we, uh... we
3: still don't we still don't know her name yet oh, she's been oh, a character sorry no no it's <laughs> okay.
1: but she's, she's <laughs> yeah, been around that's as a character she's been around as a character for like what 15 issue, 15 months so far and, she's and a, uh, she ain't got a name <laughs> they yeah. haven't named her yeah oh, this is a thing God. that Marvel used to do in the 60s where they'd introduce a female supporting character and then just not give her a name mm-hmm.
2: for like a year and a half. It's supposed to be the mystery but uh, it gets to be Because just... there was
3: a lot of like mod like spy Mission Impossible type stuff happening. Totally. And, you know, CIA is... All the buzz. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: So cool. All the rage. <laughs> uh, um, and lastly, of the quick hits, Tales to Astonish number 97, Namor is still fighting the plunderer. And we're still having a hard time caring about that story. And yeah. and the Hulk encounters the Legion of the Living Lightning, which sounds pretty cool, uh, who convince him to go beat up the army. It's not a tough oh. sell because the Hulk's like, he's you know willing to beat up just about anybody he doesn't really want to be on earth at all smash yeah Yeah.
3: i have a follow-up question um Mm. because i like i love going back this deep because there's some like you can just tell that there's some villains who are just are you can tell they're lame because you're like this is the first time i'm hearing of this person (laughs) like i've not heard of this beetle i don't know that daredevil got whooped by like lame um and then the plunderer is he a pirate Sort of.
1: He he okay. uh, he's uh, you know Kazar, the guy from the Savage Land. Yes, it's his brother.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so he's got I a brother. It. Okay,
1: and he's he's kind of like a pirate, but he wears like I don't know, like kind of a generic skin tight bodysuit with mm. like a mask and a cape, and he's got a a gun that what dissolves metal. Is that yeah? The some gimmick, kind of
2: yeah. lasery gun. Um, yeah. So he's a pirate with a laser gun. Yeah. It, Fascinating. It, it seems like it should be a lot more interesting.
3: What I love is you're also in the period where they're not doing like a lot of drugs to come up with this. Like that gets <laughs> that's later. Right. Yeah. You can tell like that's later. This is just like kids playing. And that's like what I, I definitely felt like. Especially in the issue of X-Men. I was like this just reminded me of, like when I was a kid and I was playing with my friends. Of like what totally. happens next? Yep. <laughs> yep. It's, it's just your imagination going so wild.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's it like there's
3: no second layer. To anything like it's just It's all surface what and, is he's a guy with a gun that Melts things great let's go yeah, Let's <laughs> write this the plunderer And yep. he's
1: gonna go fight marvel's aquaman Um well uh i want yes. To spend uh slightly more time Uh talking about <laughs> what Happened in thor uh this month A uh, thor number 145 Um this story is called Abandoned on earth uh it was written by Stan lee the art was by jack kirby Inked by vince coletta um so uh in this issue uh the enchanters who had been uh, causing a ruckus on earth and asgard uh for the last couple of months uh they've been defeated um and then uh, Odin suddenly decides to go like all old testament on everybody like becomes giant terrifying face in the clouds and starts ordering people around and uh and being super scary um And because Thor doesn't want to return to Asgard right away, uh, Odin strips him of all his powers uh, except his strength, and then he exiles
3: him to Earth. So I, I like don't f with Odin was what I learned from this one. That he was like he was like an all caps kind of uh, Donald Trump.
1: Yeah. Or,
3: or, you know, just like everything, like the writing was all in all caps. I thought it was like, (laughs) wow. Yeah. And I couldn't understand why he was just so upset and yelling at everybody. I couldn't figure that out. That's something It's really (laughs) weird.
1: Yeah. This is like a total, like, hard right for this character, too. Like,
3: this is not. He was
2: maybe, like, possessed or something. Like, I was maybe thinking because he
3: crushed that thing and then he was like, I'm yelling at everybody. Thor, you get over here. (laughs) Are you not coming back? I'm taking the powers back. Lady Sicker, here <laughs>
2: and you don't get your hammer, or or you do, but you can't use it like you used to. Sorry. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so Thor, poor Thor, he's stuck on Earth, uh, immediately runs afoul of the circus of crime. <laughs> of course. Uh, and of course,
2: as, as you, do. you do. I,
3: mean. <laughs> <laughs> I love and when the circus uh, of
2: crime shows up. I, I yep. actually yep. thought this
3: should have been Thor. Like uh, it should have been like Thor. Thor joins the circus would be that if we were doing a TV show, that'd be like the name of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thor yep. joins the circus.
1: Yeah. It, 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 and he, he of course right away gets hypnotized by the ringmaster uh, and he's going to be conned into helping them out with their latest scheme. Uh, and then we, we end on that cliffhanger. Um, So yeah, this is, money. Uh, <laughs> this is so, it, it's so wild. I, I wanted to just focus on this one just a little bit because like, Odin is just so uncomfortably old time religion in this, uh, Mm. James, I don't know what your your religious background or upbringing was, but I, I went to a Baptist elementary school for four years.
3: I went to a Baptist church on Sundays when I couldn't get out of it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just a little. I I might have might have reactivated some uh, some trauma that I thought I had dealt with, but uh, you were tr- this is triggering for you a little a one. little triggering. Yes, yeah, very Old Testamenty. Yeah, yeah
3: you literally, just everything was angry and like uh, like so vengeful. There was mm-hmm. like this. Sort of vengeful spirit where you're not gonna do what I want. Well, then I'm gonna take everything away from you. And yep. like the only the people that did what he wanted, and like like and like so like worshipy. They're like, oh, we'll be right there, Odin. Like he's like, Lady Siv, you get back here. And who was the, who was the other person that was with Balder? Balder, yeah. yeah. You get back. In the, they left. They didn't even say goodbye to Thor. Yeah, they didn't even hear. They were just like went right away. And uh, they were fine, but Thor was like, "Hey, Dad, a you know, little, you know, almost little. Are we getting little Jesus Christ superstar here. Like, Dad, uh-huh. I just want to live my life. <laughs> Why have you forsaken me?" I think that's where that's where it was going. He's got the hair for it. He does. He does. He's got beautiful hair. Yeah,
1: I love it. Um, yeah, and uh, of course, this continues the the. Uh, the Stan Lee's thesis that uh, circus folk, whenever they appear in a Marvel comic, is they're just carny trash. Like, <laughs> Up to no good. Like, yeah. Circus people are the worst people, according to Stan like, Lee.
3: Stan Lee, what circus person wronged you? Like, I don't, don't know. Who in the circus hurt you, Stan Lee? Who?
2: <laughs> and why did he let Hawkeye escape? Like, like Hawkeye was a, a circus folk, you know? So he, he started as a villain for a,
3: a little bit. Mm hmm. It was more like that was a blueprint. He was like, listen, you carny people. And I actually I shouldn't even say that because I'm not a carny person. Oh, I'm not a I'm not a circus. <laughs> I'm not a circus person. I'm not from I'm not a circus folk. Right. Uh, <laughs> as the circus elk. Uh, but he was like doing a blueprint of like, you know, assimilate and don't be up to your evil circus ways. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I'm
1: allowed. I, I think I'm allowed to use Carney. I I used to do some work for World Wrestling Entertainment, so yeah, I think that counts. that's that's fine. I think that counts. An yeah,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and yeah. Oh, and and yeah. There's a backup story, the Tales of Asgard backup story. This is the last time that'll appear in Thor, and then that switches over to Inhuman stories after this issue. So there you go.
3: Oh. Yeah, you got a little bit of extra Thor, a little a little extra Thor shoved in at the very end.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice treat that's pretty great um rob
2: uh what were the x-men up to this month well they they were doing some weird stuff uh so this x-men number 37 was called we the jury written by roy thomas art by ross andrew with don heck inking which was weird for don heck to be inking and not penciling something in a way that i don't appreciate but uh (laughs) some the summary was the x-men are headed to europe to finally confront factor three who have been in the background of the last several months of x-men stories they have professor x held hostage um factor three sends an airship to shoot down their passenger airliner (laughs) but the x-men dive out of it to save everyone else on board um they were almost immediately captured by factor three put on trial for their crimes against mutanity and uh the vanisher uh, what did we decide? Is he Eunice or Eunice?
3: <laughs> uh, you just pick one. I went with Eunice. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, again, again, one of those villains that was like so lame that you're like, I've never heard of this person. They yeah. didn't yeah. make it, they didn't make it in the 70s. Do
2: I even need to know how to pronounce his name? <laughs> no, uh, also, yeah. Just, just no. be real careful how you pronounce it. Eunice, <laughs> uh, the untouchable, mastermind, and the blob all testify against him. And The vanisher, uh, it surprisingly is not vanished. This is when he comes back. Um, Yeah. And, and he still looks exactly the same, like some weird (laughs) bald Tim Burton character or or Tim Burton himself with like a bald cap on. Um,
3: And a little circusy. Yeah. And uh, you know what that means. (laughs) Evil.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And the X-Men finally get to meet the masterminds behind factor three, the changeling and the mutant master what uh so that's that's it uh we get to this point where they're on trial they're accused by four uh villains who say you know they they were attacked by other mutants and that wasn't (laughs) cool even though they were they were doing crimes uh and they were immediately um uh, punished
3: because yeah. mut- mutant on mutant crime was happening, which is going up. It was going yep. up in this time. <laughs> <Non-mutant laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, and I, I this is not the best
1: X Men book ever written, uh, but like compared <laughs> to yeah. Uh, but James, you haven't been reading the last several issues. Oh, like so this is it's getting you're this, like, is, oh, this, is, this is actually like ben. he's it, yeah. yeah. Roy Thomas is like figuring out how to write a team book, uh, yeah. so. That was kind of good. Like it actually had a little bit of structure and some action to it. Uh, I think this is the first time the X-Men have done the whole like 30,000 foot free fall out oh of a plane. God. The Captain I mean, America please, move. Oh just jump out of the plane. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I love <laughs> that for five pages. I'm not even going yeah. to count it. For five pages, they are Falling in the sky, or like they're figuring falling out falling like out of a plane, yeah. what to do, and yeah. they're trying all these different things, and they're having all these. Uh, Scott, Scott's like my glasses that like like four or five panels in. Scott's like, oh my glasses, oh oh now they fell off, and they're trying to oh we got to get angels' wings out. Jean, can you do anything? No, I'm useless in this episode, like this book, like she couldn't. Every time they're like Jean, can you do something? She's like, I can't. Like every
1: time, it's the it. mid '60s. I'm not allowed to do anything, but I'm
3: here, like. She's, <laughs> And the one thing that she did say, she was like, when they got, it was later on, she was like, good thing we had your good leadership, Scott. It's like, okay, that's what, you know, her her, her job was. Uh, <laughs> but that's just like, this, this was one of those ones that I was like, gosh, like it felt like filler, but at the same time. So much happened in these 21 mm-hmm. pages. They got on the plane, they jumped out of the plane, <laughs> they like uh, had to land, they changed into their costumes, uh, they got put on trial. They did a flashback sequence to every time like everyone who testified got a chance to like say their piece and they did like a flashback, which is mm-hmm. also smart marketing because it was like, Hey kids, you didn't you didn't know that they fought the blob, better buy that, you know, issue. So <laughs> yep, it was yep. like it it was interesting cuz they were kind of it was almost like a flashback comic so i loved and despised it all at the same time. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, it, i mean it was it, it was a
1: halfway decent jumping on point. If you were a kid and you had 12 cents in your pocket
0: mm. and you spent
1: it on this issue, at least you'd have a sense of it's like okay, i know kind of who these people are True. and who their enemies are mm. and now it's like okay, Like, I haven't, it left with a cliffhanger. It's like, oh no, they're on trial. They're sentenced to death. How are they going to get out of this one? Eh, you know, it's,
3: It was something. So, (laughs) it was something. Rave's bride. I actually, I thought that the whole entire purpose, and this is me being maybe because I know too much about where it goes. Mm -hmm. I thought this was going to be a learning lesson for them to be like, oh, we need to have our own plane. So they do have
1: a plane at this point, but, uh, but Professor Hex has been kidnapped, and apparently he's the only one who has keys to it. Oh my! Uh, Or it's like, or they don't have gas or something. They have a helicopter too, I think. Yeah, they've got all this stuff, but they're like, let's fly coach. Like, (laughs) it's like, it's like. Professor X doesn't trust them, like, with Mm. the keys to anything, apparently. They're still,
3: you know, they're still teens, you know, just trying to, you know, figure it out. But I just love, like, the scene where, like, they're talking about, like, all this business and, like, the stewardess comes over and, like, Beast is like, shh, 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 (laughs) shh, oh, we were just talking about this TV show. It's just, like, (laughs) this is, like, (laughs) so much is going on in this, you know, I, again, (laughs) so much happened, but then... Nothing happened. Yep. yep. <laughs> like, none of this is like iconic storyline that they're going to put in the next like when, when X-Men comes to Mar- Marvel. This is not the plot line. They will probably.
1: No, probably not. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, next thing uh, that I would love to talk about uh, would be the Fantastic Four annual that came out this month. Um, let's take a quick little break. And when we come back, um, we will uh, chat about that um, and meet the Psychoman. Uh, Hang on. We'll be right back here on Marvel by the Month. Fantastic Four Annual number five. Uh, The main story in this one was called Divide and Conquer. It's written by Stan Lee, the arts by Jack Kirby, inked by Frank Giacoya. Right off the bat, at the start of the story, we meet a brand new villain, the Psycho Man, uh, who carries around a gigantic remote control uh <laughs> with buttons labeled fear, doubt, and hate. Um mm. and the first thing that I thought upon reading this in 2020 was like, oh, it's a large orange skinned guy who can instill fear, doubt and hate in crowds of people. It's Twitter. Yeah. that is literally his smartphone and it's just
3: (laughs) tweeting out. That's what he's doing.
1: Yeah. No, Stan and Jack were super ahead of their time.
3: uh, Oh man. I had to wait, but I, I think the first page of this is like, isn't it like, uh, Sue Storm is fainted. And you don't know why. Yes. Like, that's, they were just so like, oh. <laughs> but, anyways, just so you know, we'll figure out why she's fainted in a moment. Yes, yes, exactly. Because that- at first I was like, oh my God, they got attacked and they, oh my, what happened? Yeah. Why did we start here?
2: Like, it seemed like a very (laughs) weird spot to, and they, and they spend a couple pages with her fainting and then just sort of trying to figure out why. And that's,
3: yes, I don't remember
2: why she's fast out. Did she just use her powers on something last issue? There's no like right synopsis of the, of the, you know, what happened last. So yeah, it it was, it was a little out of nowhere. Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, I think it's because of the reveal, and the reveal is she's pregnant, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like, that's why. Uh, but it takes <laughs> us a while to get there <laughs> to figure, oh, longer than it needed to because I was yeah. like, Oh my gosh, what happened? Why are we with Twitter Man or the Psycho Man? Same thing. <laughs> I we're spending so much time here, but like, what's going on with Sue? I'm concerned, and then they try to revive her, and it takes like a few panels, if not a, few, a page or two, yeah, and then she's like, Should we tell him? I'm like, Oh my god, tell us, White, <laughs> I'm pregnant, and and it was like oh okay yeah right. yeah no but we have to get
1: through all the superhero hijinks they knew their audience of 12 year old boys it's like <laughs> oh yeah sue passed out what's the guy with the re- giant remote control doing um
3: <laughs> what's he up to He's making people- <laughs> so- oh here's what i love though too because he he pushes the button yeah and it makes the guy like oh i forget did he get fear or or I think he got the fear button. Yeah. And so he like sees something. Yes, he sees like these things. He's like, oh, my gosh, these things are going to kill me. And he jumps out a window. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And this is like they're in New York City. Yeah. He's and the tall. I'm like, this guy just jumped out the window and killed himself. And then in the next panel, they're like, he landed on like, they're like, <laughs> wow, he jumped out of that window and he landed on those, like some pillows. or something. (laughs) He's fine. fine.
2: (laughs) I think that's just Stan's job, especially with Jack Kirby, draws something. He's just gets the art and is like, ah, the comics code. I got to say this guy Mm. didn't die somehow. So now I've got to just constantly doing that. And with, I mean, even with Sergeant Fury in world war two, he's constantly like all those Nazis just got knocked out by that
3: grenade. Everything's fine. And, uh, (laughs) Oh my god yeah. I love it it's like i see what's happening because i clutched my pearls i was like dang they just murdered that man he just killed him <laughs> yep. that man committed suicide oh yep. he's fine he landed on pillows
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's cool kids don't worry about it uh so what happens with the psycho man here so they uh we cut to uh, alicia master's apartment um, ben is trying to open up a mysterious package that was misdelivered to her address by the guy who charged out the window.
3: Misdelivered? Who UPS? We didn't have a conversation. <laughs> well, it, and it's a huge package with like this ray in it. Like, yeah, it, it's enormous.
1: It's heavy. Like Ben can barely lift it. He can hardly open it. And like God. the guy who misdelivered it is one of Psycho Man's flunkies. So it's oh, like, oh,
3: he should get fired. So yeah. well,
1: he, it's 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 like, how did he? Confuse a blind sculptress's apartment with <laughs> Psycho Man's. Like, and she had to sign for it, it, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, right?
3: But yeah, she's you blind, think. so I'll give her, you know, okay. Right, she's yeah. like, okay, I guess this is for me. Sure. Um, and he had to look around and be like, I, I don't this know this is you, probably I, right.
2: <laughs> I just assumed that Psycho Man lived in the same walk up, and he's like, you know, he's on 3, three twelve and, oh and man, the guy man. delivered it at two thirteen instead. Right. That, is, that, like is, exactly and, that yeah. is exactly what happens. That is
3: exactly what happens. She lives in the same building as Psycho Man, obviously. So, oh man. All he, right. He was well, getting this ray delivered, but from where? From, who makes these rays?
1: Oh God. Yeah. This is it's great. Just, just, just go with it. Uh, so <laughs> Psychoman shows up, he blasts Ben and Alicia with a fear ray. He takes mm. the package. Okay, so we got a lot of so we've got Sue passed out. Now we've yeah. got
2: this guy jumped out of the window. They got the weird package. We're, that's that's that. On to yeah. a different thing altogether. Let's throw yeah. a few
1: more balls in the air. Um, so, meanwhile, on Panther Island, which we learned that the Black Panther has just purchased, uh, the King of the Wakandas uh, gets into one of those trademark Marvel hero
3: misunderstanding fights with the Inhumans. <sighs> that's what they always do. Anytime like someone who hasn't met somebody, they always fight them first. Sure, like, yeah. They, I don't know you about <laughs> a punch, you and shoot my lasers uh, <laughs> i will say one thing that i did like that they did when they were on panther island mm. that they got black panther away from like his other fellow wakandians because they were mm-hmm. dressed a little too ooga booga for me like mm-hmm. they were very much like you know i uh, i just I, I like what wakanda has become because i don't <laughs> trust what the writers are probably doing it that back in the 60s
1: yeah i think yeah. you know when you're when you're looking at like probably the visual reference that Kirby was working off of for, you know, native African tribesmen, it's like, I think a lot of it was, he was drawing stuff from stuff in the pop culture, which Mm -hmm. was not Mm -hmm. super progressive. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and even like if, even if he was going to like national geographic, I mean, you're still looking at very much through like the Western gaze. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would imagine
3: like they probably kept going like with their, I don't know. I just like, it was such like a holding, it just was such a sort of, like, you know, stereotypical thing of, like, we're still having to unpackage how we view the entire continent of totally. Africa. You know, it's an entire, you know, continent that has, you know, there's skyscrapers. There's, you know, all kinds of, you know, they have tech. There's all kinds of stuff happening over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, I just was glad that they were only in like, one or two panels. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, oof, let's just, let me just see yep. my king. Let me just yeah. see him doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: and and it also leads off with mentioning just casually that he just bought this island. So like- I did
3: like that. That's pretty. Yeah, it's a good flex.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good. um, But then uh, so Black Bolt shows up. He chills everyone out. uh, He indicates uh, that he senses danger on the island. uh, So then I did.
3: This was a learning lesson for didn't know Black Bolt could fly. I did not know. I don't think we knew
2: that. Okay. uh, I mean, I don't know if he's flown. There are a whole bunch of black bolt powers that we haven't seen in other Inhumans issues. Uh, yeah. He just always with...
1: seems to have a new one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a it, it's, uh, sort of like the early Hulk where it's just like, I don't know, give him a different power and see if people <laughs> like him more. Um, uh,
1: yeah. Right. Now. <laughs> yeah. He can turn water solid. You mean like ice? Mm, nope.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't realize how early the Inhumans were introduced mm-hmm. into uh Marvel canon like they are like it's 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 so interesting that they had all kinds of different ways for people to get superpowers like you yeah. could be a mutant you could be an inhuman you could have been you know gamma rays like they're just as an abundance of ways for you to maybe get a superpower, which is, you know, again, <laughs> fingers crossed. still for. Time. Yeah. Hey, I could still go through Terra Genesis. Like that's still a possibility. So maybe, maybe, I'm an inhuman.
2: I don't, I'm trying to watch the show, the inhumans. Oh, why? Really?
3: Why?
2: <laughs> well, I just watched Aquaman. I just got time to burn. Mm. Um, <laughs>
3: I don't know. I think there's other things that I can send your way. It got can- it got canceled for good reason. What's so wild is that the Inhumans was actually supposed to be. Uh, after, I think, yes, after phase three, it was originally supposed to be the next movie that was going to like, you yeah. know, kick things off. Um, or actually maybe even earlier than that, maybe the, I think it was after the first Avengers that was, they were going to do it in humans movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, no, let's do it as a TV show. And then, it, yeah. but it's got TV money and yep. you know, I uh, Marvel entertainment and then Marvel television do not get along. There's nope. like a feuds between them and. It was just don't waste your time. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I well I have to say I made it through like two or three episodes and was like, I haven't gotten back there. I've been yes. doing other stuff since I mean then. that
3: Medusa wig alone. I felt so bad because ah. I was working at uh on, on Thwip at the time and uh my uh one of the correspondents for Thrip Thwip flew to Hawaii to go interview the cast and she was like that poor cast like they're filming in Hawaii and they have to like I mean Medusa's wig is oh, like yeah. fifty pounds and they used mm-hmm. to make her put that on and go like whip her head around yeah. in Hawaii. And I hope that check cleared, girl. And
2: everybody's wearing leather, you know, or whatever, <sighs> like leather or pleather kind of suits. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah,
3: and and from from what I've
1: seen, is like any failing of the show, it's, it had nothing to do with like a lack of effort on the part of the cast. I mean, right. like ev- everyone was doing everything they could. And, and you, you got to also figure it's like, these poor actors it, it, Marvel was about as sure a bet as you could possibly have as a working actor you know yeah. it's like they have never dropped the ball in anything like this is it, it's like this is guaranteed this is a career launcher yes. <laughs> and instead it turns out to be like the one thing that everyone laughs
3: about we that don't Marvel talk did. about it yeah, yeah. it's yeah. uh it's it's like the the Wonder Woman TV show written by David E. Kelly. It's like one of those, like <laughs> yep. just, yes, Ali McNeil meets superhero. <laughs>
1: yep, yep. But anyway, um, these Inhumans, uh, they oh they they uh, so Black Bolt has realized there's something uh, fishy going on on the island. Karnak smashes a reef, um, finds out that there's some sort of metallic dome underneath it. Then he gets zapped for his trouble, um, mm. and that's where we. So now we've got Sue has collapsed. Mm. Uh, Ben and Alicia have been attacked. Uh, We've got Panther Island hijinks. Um, So now let's cut back to the Baxter building. We're finally going to happen. Figure out what happened to Sue. So she's recovering from her fainting spell. And then Reed reveals the cause. And I quote, my wife is going to have a baby. (laughs) And. So I know I'm the only person on this call who has a kid. Uh, if you <laughs> announce that in the presence of your wife that your wife is going to have a baby, <laughs> the next few months are not going to go great for you. Yeah, Done. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, I can't
3: believe. I, I know I spoiled it just because I couldn't yeah. resist. But like, I mean, look, like, mind you. Like we, oh, we were like Sue fainted. What happened? And we don't find out until this far in. Everyone's yeah. concerned. Yeah. and gathered around. And we, and then they're just like, she having a baby. <laughs> my yeah. wife, my wife having a baby. That's, yeah. I'm gonna
2: go get some milk and smokes. But she's having a baby. That's yeah. what it yeah. sounded like. Yeah. yeah, it's like this right. isn't going to affect my life
1: at all.
3: But and she then, is having a baby. <laughs> and then Crystal, like just the, then, the ladies have a moment. Yeah. I uh, Crystal's like, oh, my God, I, I, I'm going to cry. And then the guys are just, oh, yeah, we're just a baby, we're going to toss you around. Um, <laughs> I bought a bunch. This is, like, sacrilegious. When I was an RA, I bought a bunch. So we my theme was going to be – my hall was going to be, like, comic book theme. Like, you mm-hmm. can uh, – everyone had, like, a little board outside of their door where they could post stuff. And so – I put like comic strip borders. Like everyone was going to be like a different character. And so I bought a bunch of old comics and I cut them up (laughs) and I put them as the people's borders. And for one of them, it was like a fantastic Four comic book. And it was the comic book. It's coming up soon. This is a spoiler of when Sue comes back from maternity leave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause Crystal fills in for her when she, cause Crystal's in the comic uh, and Crystal fills in for her when she goes into maternity leave and Crystal's like, I'm not. She's like. Well, I guess you don't have to do this anymore. She's like. No, I'm gonna stay. And she's like. I think you need to go now. And she's like. <laughs> I'm gonna stay. And they have like for two pages a full on fight over who's gonna be the fourth. It's bananas. <laughs> like powers go in. You would have thought they were fighting Galactus. Like they just going full on strong. Oh uh, man. Yeah. yeah. Stan wasn't great at writing
1: ladies. <laughs> I mean, God rest. But uh, boy. Actually, I thought the only person who came off like, uh, kind of awesome in the scene was Ben who is yeah. obviously like so excited to be an uncle like yeah. he's yeah. just like he's so engaged like that guy is just from like brisk to graduation he is not going to miss a single event he's yeah. going to be front and center he's going to be just the cool uncle all through the entire he's thing. the
2: most human of all Um
1: but you know they're, they're not so excited that they're not going to go after uh, this psycho man fella uh, so Ben and Johnny decide they're going to go do that because you know, Sue obviously can't do anything now because she has this, you know, she's serious pregnant. medical condition called
3: pregnancy. <laughs> um, also, and- didn't understand why Crystal wasn't able to go with them either. Is it because she's like she's got to be there for support? <laughs> For Sue, because she's crying, it's just it like <laughs> they all jumped in the time warp thing. Except, yeah. Like, I, kinda, I I love me some Crystal. I don't know if you're mm. playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. I she love is that game. Yeah. So dope. I was playing with my friends because uh, I've actually before I had a Switch, I convinced everyone I knew to buy Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. I've convinced <laughs> I should be getting commission. <laughs> I convinced three other people to buy that game until finally I bought a Switch and then I also bought it. Yep. But when we were playing, you don't get like you know the rest of the Avengers until like you know it's. Uh, Level, you know, a little bit into the game, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. you collect characters as you go along, and they're introducing everybody, and it's like, now you've got Thor, Captain America, Black Widow, Iron Man, Crystal. And all my friends were like, who? I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God, Crystal. They're like, who? Like, and if you don't know her, it is kind of a letdown because they are like, In Captain Marvel. And then like, right, right, right. Crystal. Yeah. And Crystal's not, badass. I love Crystal.
1: Yeah. All the elements. She yeah. Got um so they had to they had to panther Island uh, and then they get into a scrap with uh psychoman's henchmen uh and the uh and uh, oh yeah, so the inhumans fight the henchmen, Johnny and Ben arrive just in time for uh psychoman has completed his giant size mind ray. Uh, that he's been having parts misdelivered all over the world (laughs) (laughs) to create. Uh, He blasts them all with a healthy dose of fear. Um, And then so they're all freaking out. They're all like seeing. And uh, I I love that like the the things that they're afraid of are super literal. Like it's a giant monster or like Karnak tries to shatter a wall and his hand gets stuck in the wall. Like it's not like existential dread or like a fear of losing a loved one or something. It's like, nope. Giant tentacle beast.
3: <laughs> I had to fight something. Most of them were like, I have to fight something Right. That I can't fight. It was like, that's your biggest fear. I did actually like that. I thought it was such a smart... I was impressed that they were going at least starting to play with this in this direction. Because there's a lot of villains in comic books where I always think it's the most impressive thing is like when they're making you fight your own fears and you're not right. fighting anything and then it'd be funny to watch them because they're just like <laughs> swinging at the air and you're like what are you it's like doing, someone watching ben? someone
1: play a vr game yeah,
3: yeah just, just a 100%. bunch of <laughs> in a room just like fighting at that and i was like oh that's actually really smart psycho man like psycho man is smarter than his name leads him to be like yes. he he needs some rebranding you know he, he really does he never gets it so
1: oh then uh so they're fighting for a while it's not going great for them uh then gorgon shows up uh, the inhuman with the stompy feet stomps his super feet um all the illusions uh are dispelled uh um, do we
3: have any theories as to why his stompy feet made everything why make the fear stop it was Okay, it, it just does what it does. we needed to enough, we I needed guess. to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> Pages are almost written. We got to get this done. <laughs> oh yeah, when we say Gorgon was flying around somewhere. He's here now. Yeah. All
1: right. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's end this thing. Um, so then we we find out um, the whole story behind Psychoman. So it turns out he's actually a super teeny person uh, who lives in the microverse of Subatomica, um, and this is great. So his people are running out of room on their world. So he decides to take over the entire earth instead of like, just like the next atom over. Right. Uh, So, no, he's, I need space. Yeah. I need a much larger planet. Um, And then we find out, and this I think is like the coolest part of the whole story that psycho, the psycho man that they have been dealing with is actually just a remote control robot body that, He is controlling from subatomica. And then, uh, and this is the second cool thing the Black Panther gets to do. He like, he's been like uh, waiting, kind of like crawling through utility tunnels or something. Uh, And he drops down and like smashes the suit. Um, And so he gets to, he gets to buy an Island and defeat the bad guy. So that's a pretty yeah. good day. Uh, pretty good day for the
3: Panther. I do. I can imagine like, you, you know, reading these comics and you're just kind of getting introduced to black Panther and he is written. real. He's really cool. He's mm-hmm. really written really well, doing some great stuff. Yeah. Um, and
1: you know there <laughs> this is also great like they're not sure if the actual psychoman was in the suit or not uh but you know who cares uh ben has <laughs> the most deeply ironic line of 2020 he says uh he can't bother us any more than any pint-sized germ floating around the joint so mm,
3: <laughs> fast forward Ben you better yeah. be better so, get ready get that yeah. mask
1: on <laughs> uh so there you go that that's uh that's the fantastic 4 annual um so just to kind of uh, peel back the curtain on this season of Marvel by the month. So this is our second episode of our fifth season. Um, So this is the beginning of it um, where we, we learn that uh, Sue and Reed are going to have a baby Um, in our last episode. That baby is going to get born in the next annual. So um, that's going to be, you know, the beginning and the end of it. So um, along the way, we're going to, uh, hear a lot about sue being pregnant and unable to do anything um which is just <laughs> she can't yeah, do it so it's, it's not great really- but um at, at least it, it means that reed stops being the world's worst husband for a little while so there we um, go yeah so that helps let's take our final break of the episode and then uh when we come back rob's gonna tell us all about what spider-man's up to this month <laughs>
2: Let's talk Amazing Spider-Man number 54, The Tentacles and the Trap, written by Stan Lee, art by Jazzy John Romita, with Mickey DeMeo, who is Mike Esposito, doing the inking. Dr. Octopus is moving in with Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: just already right there. this I feel like out of all the ones, this is the one where the writers have the most fun. And you can see yes. why Spider-Man is such a fan favorite, because there's such like... Even though this is like zany hijinks, it's almost like they they are aware of it. It doesn't feel like they were as aware of like how weird it was that the, the X Men were flying for falling through the sky for my pages. Like this, even the way it was written, it's so tongue in cheek that in the very in the corner, like it's it says like how much swinging suspense can you handle? Like <laughs> it just they're having so much fun. Like you, you could tell they loved Spider Man. Like they just loved his playing in his world and it felt very much like a sitcom of like oh no dr octopus is moving in with aunt may what could happen someone was asking like how can
1: aunt may be this old because so if peter parker is 18 say, like <laughs> she looks like she's 70, 75. Yeah. That's
3: young. Like, I don't know, like 80 or 90. She looks old. She yeah. looks
1: old. So it's like she looks like she's 60 years older than Peter. Yeah, like great grandparent. She- How could she possibly be his aunt?
3: Right. Which is why, like, I remember when when they had cast Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, people were in uproar. They're like, oh, my God, they're just making Aunt May so young. And then people are like, well, she's in her 50s. Like, she's actually a really right age to (laughs) be an aunt. I've been an uncle since I was, like, 18. Right, right. (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah. She's not great, Aunt May. She's not. Yes. But I wonder why they didn't just decide to, like, make it. Grandma May, or make it a grand, because I, I guess maybe it does sort of when you're like, oh, Aunt May, it does, it it makes her seem like younger and not like such a maybe overbearing grandma. But then you look at her, you're like, she looks old.
2: Yeah, yeah, she's the oldest looking person in the comics.
3: (laughs) A hundred percent. She won that award every year. (laughs) Yep. Yep.
2: Uh, she's uh, so Aunt May is incapable to think ill of Dr. Octopus and 100% ready to believe that Spider Man is the worst person in the world
3: because she watches Fox News. Yep, she she is is the Daily Bugle,
2: is Fox Fox News. News.
3: (laughs) She tunes in, (laughs) yeah. Well,
1: Uh, and I love that, like, she literally refers to him to his face as Dr. Octopus. She doesn't call him (laughs) Dr. Octavius, she knows who he is, like, she knows he's a supervillain, but she remembers. Her time having been kidnapped by him, as just like this pleasant visit, like a tea
3: party. Yeah, yeah. It's like she's gaslit herself. Yes, and he was like, "Oh, the media has just got it all wrong." And she's like, "They do do that." Like early <laughs> on, like she just shrugged it off. She was like, "Yeah, he's he's right." <laughs>
1: I think COVID's a hoax too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> she would be an anti. It May would not survive the pandemic. Like, oh no, not yeah. this version. The younger one. Yes, the Mr. Marissa, Marissa Tomei would, but not this one. <laughs> no. This cruising one can cruising. barely
2: survive like a breeze. So uh as we'll find uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as uh Ock gets settled in, he's moving in with uh oh, also uh her her main roommate um I forgot Anna Watson, Anna Watson yeah. is is out of town. So <laughs> so it's just just May there to do all the, you know, back you know the checks on anybody who's possibly going to be the new border um so he gets settled in he busts out the metal arms and contacts his purple jumpsuited henchman Uh, from his master planner days
3: i i just love all this because there's the panel where he like he goes up to his room and immediately starts doing crime yeah he (laughs) like he literally and then like it's just Dr. Octopus renting a room from Aunt May and just up in his room doing crime. Yep. <laughs> it's, like, just, lost this image.
2: it's uh and so he's apparently had all these henchmen from his last criminal empire he tried to build just sitting around waiting for him to right. call, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. which has been months. Yeah.
1: Like <laughs> they're just sitting in this undersea base, like guys he's gonna call We've yeah got- it's still
3: yeah. costumed up ready to go yep. Yep. like man he must pay really well and that's why he's got to rent a room because he, he, he's he got to rent this room because you know he's got to pay these henchmen right well. he's taking right.
2: care of all the the people in his empire but he he's gonna yeah uh so then peter parker his personal life is <laughs> His roommate Harry Osborne is getting annoyed that Peter seems to be keeping secrets from him because he is uh, the city editor at the Daily Bugle. Joe Robertson seems like a cool dude. Just first time we've met him, so it's like Looks somebody... like a
3: man of color. Yes, uh, yes. unless yeah. that was a penciling coloring mistake, but I'll take it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no he, 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 uh, he
2: he's one of very
1: very few black characters in. I think we I think literally when he first appeared we counted the number of black characters in Marvel comics, like recurring characters who have yeah. names yeah. and get dialogue. And I think it's, we're up to four. Ooh, so okay. Yeah.
3: what a, what a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> Changes are being made and happening.
1: Yeah. But this is the first time Peter meets Joe Robertson and he's totally positioned as being like the anti Jonah Jameson. So and, it's like,
2: yeah. Fox yeah. news is going to get shaken up because they've got somebody who's going to report news instead of uh whatever, Hype. He's like the news stages. division. He's like the Chris Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: he's actually
3: then, here to do actual news reporting.
2: And, right, right. Yeah. Uh, um, and so Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane Watson spend a little time getting catty with each other over Peter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh also
3: were referred to as wide-eye wenches. They refer to themselves <laughs> yeah. as white I think they refer to themselves as wide-eye wenches. I'm yeah. pretty sure. This is another and,
2: thing that you wouldn't hear outside of a Renaissance fair. Uh <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just, what is going on here? Yeah. How much time was Stanley spending at
3: Renaissance? I think fairs? he yeah. might have invented Renaissance fairs. Well, yeah, <laughs> he had a
1: bad time at the circus, yes. so he just started going to Renaissance <laughs> fairs. Yeah, uh, that was exactly
3: yep. it. He's pro Renaissance fair and anti circus, <laughs> uh, uh,
2: and that's what shaped the Marvel universe. Um, that is yep, that's <laughs> exactly what happened. <laughs> Uh, so Peter goes to Aunt May's house Where he sees that Doc Ock has moved in <laughs> um, May thinks It's great that her science major Nephew has a scientist mentor Thanks to her <laughs> And so she's like Pete, uh, Doc can help you with your homework
3: And he's like but he's a super villain. Um uh he's trying she to does, be cool. She does not take kindly to that. I, every time she keeps saying she's like, Be kind to our guests. Like she is not trying to hear anything that Peter Parker is trying to say. She's like, be polite. And <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> um so Doc uh threatens Peter, takes him aside, and uh he <laughs> just says, you know, your aunt, uh <laughs> I live with her, I can kill her at any time, basically. You know, he's just inferring don't tell anybody I'm here or your aunt gets it. Um mm-hmm. Peter returns that evening as Spider-Man.
3: Well, I uh, was also surprised that he left in the first place. Right. He like walks out and like, wait, you're just gonna leave. But then he like is like, keep an eye. He just goes outside. Yeah.
2: yeah he's across- just hanging out under a tree waiting for <laughs> it to get dark. Street. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right.
1: And, and Doc, uh, Doc Ock thinks Spider-Man's dead. He thought he oh, killed right. him yeah. at the end of the last issue. So, He is very surprised when Spidey comes shining his light through his window.
2: But instead of running out the window immediately to get him, he, he instead calls all the purple suited henchmen uh, <laughs> and tells them to come over to Aunt May's house. Uh, so now there's a huge battle that starts outside of May's house. And as we know, <laughs> Peter's constantly terrified that Aunt May is going to just the slightest thing could just kill her. Um, the slightest concern <laughs> can kill her. So he is so very a plot
3: worried. Device, that's why they aged on may they needed to make it a plot device of like anytime they're like oh we need to add more tension right you know because if she was like you know young aunt running around what's the tension like they'd have to go into like oh maybe she's you know got you know I don't know lupus or something I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but they didn't want to do too much explaining. They wanted the the picture to st- say it all. You're like, "Oh, she old. She could yeah. she could fall over. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> she could break a hip real easy." Um she so breaking everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And,
1: and and what's crazy is like so so Spidey he shines a little spider flashlight through the window, reveals that he's alive to Doc Ock. Doc Ock calls his henchman. The timing on this doesn't really line up because it's like so I guess Spider-Man knowing that Doc Ock is like in the house with his aunt just like hangs out outside while Doc's guys get in their helicopter and they like fly <laughs> all the way down. over to, yeah. to Forest Hills and then like rappel out like okay yeah uh, fine um, I'm
3: just gonna go unless with they're
2: <laughs> in Forest Hills again we could have like a Psycho Man thing where they're just oh, right sure. in a house Ooh, like a couple racks. blocks down you know <laughs> just right around
3: the corner lots <laughs> yeah. happening in Forest Hills and uh
2: <laughs> Spider-Man he's you know beating up tons of henchmen just like a a huge amount of henchmen. Um, but so aunt may goes outside. He notices that she's out there to watch the spectacle. And once she's outside, he's like, okay, it's safe to go in and go after doc Ock now. Mm -hmm. So he does. And they start fighting, but aunt may comes back in. Um, and, uh, and she collapses from the shock because she's, she's old. And, uh,
3: (laughs) They were warning us. It was nice. It did good job. Good storytelling. Gentle. There was good storytelling. Y'all. Yeah. Like they were like m- reminding us throughout the issue. No. old She is. she could, you know, she got a weak heart, you know? And so then when she sees Spider-Man, she falls over like mm, weak heart. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We,
2: we were set up for this. Um, Clever. and, and Ock ok makes his getaway through the wall, breaking Aunt May's house, which survived this whole fight outside. Yeah. Uh, mm. and, uh, Peter unmasks himself in front of Aunt May to try to tell her it's okay. It's Peter, but she's already unconscious. So um, he calls her doctor. The doctor comes and stays with her. Peter stays there. He's been beside himself with grief. Um, after the doctor leaves, Peter vows that wherever Doc Ock has gone, he'll find him and he'll rid the world forever of his menace.
1: I also love uh, Aunt May's doctor has one of my favorite lines on the issue where He's. He just asked Peter, "Do you know what caused the shock? I mean, there's a hole in the wall. Like <laughs> there I was mean, and, just and news
2: there... reporters outside. There's probably a bunch of passed out purple suited dudes in the lawn. You know, oh, uh,
1: exactly.
3: that's <laughs> right. so true. Mm, it's no like idea. I.
1: You know, I, I I understand he's a doctor, not a detective, but I <laughs> I think he could probably put these. I mean. Clues
3: together. These um, little sons and so. together. Come on, come on, doctor. Like that. Yeah. yeah. I. What I love too is what I love. What Spider Man does so well. Is it really just shows how you know Peter again in the very beginning he's so distraught because he feels like he's ruined his friendship with like uh, like his roommate you know uh, yeah and like he's like oh it's one of my, my best friend and because I'm keeping this secret also I like that like he hangs up his Spider Man costume on a little hanger that was a really <laughs> cute little detail like nice and put away and he's like oh no like Harry almost saw um and 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 he was so distraught about that and then he's you know talking to the wenches their word not mine I'm talking to those (laughs) wide eye wenches Uh, and and then but he's also checking with Aunt May and then Mm -hmm. you know then it's Doc Ock is there and so he is It literally is like the true work life balance like he is really the work life balance and then his work followed him home and he's like oh no like he's just trying to like more than anybody else you ever see like he really is always trying to balance both of those two worlds totally yeah totally yeah
1: well, that's uh, that's our comics for the month. Um, so uh, now as we uh, start moving toward the ending here uh, of the episode, uh, we have to talk about our panels of the month. Um, so these are the panels that stuck out to us for whatever reason, good, bad or other um, I will go first because it's a panel that uh that James already called out, uh, but it's the panel from uh, Fantastic Four Annual Page 4, panel one. Um this is when uh one of Psychoman's lackeys uh, messed up by delivering component five to the wrong address, and Psycho Man zaps him with the mind <laughs> rate and sends him running straight through the window. That looks like he's at least uh, a dozen stories up, uh, and then of course Stan covers it up with the dialogue in the next panel, saying that he landed on the ledge below. When he recovers in the hospital, no one will believe his story. Um, but there's literally nothing in the art to suggest that Jack intended anything other than to just straight up murder this dude. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, but it's it's so dramatic. Like when I, you know, flipped the page and just, like saw the guy just like charging, you know, went in one of those Kirby. Rushes uh, straight through the window I'm like whoa he's he, Like without reading any of the text is like He just killed that guy like how did they do that In 1967 in a code approved book Um. So yeah that absolutely Jumped out at me and stuck with me and when James when you called it out I was like I'm so happy Someone else <laughs> like thought this
2: Was just absolutely nuts As he goes out where where they Show him coming through the window from the Outside he's coming he's Like five feet out easy
3: and it's like it looks like it's high up in the skyscrapers he wasn't just like on the second floor no
2: it's near the top yeah yeah. you can see there's no ledge there's no ledge sticking out that far Uh, that that guy's just paste uh,
3: (laughs) (laughs) no they said in the comics he landed on the ledge (laughs) Um,
2: for me this is another thing we've talked about already quite a bit in X-Men number 37 page four panel three all of the X-Men Minus Professor X wearing nice street clothes, like ties and stuff, just falling out of a passenger jet. <laughs> um, it's when they first jump out, um, they're, well, this might be like page two of them falling out, but they, you can still see the plane and they're falling towards the bottom of the panel and Cyclops is lifting his glasses which he still has um to shoot a UFO which is about oh, to uh shoot yeah. the plane uh and so all just all of them it's it's a, also just a, a nice we've we've seen a lot of artists rotate through on X-Men so far so this was the first time I'd seen uh Ross Andrews' work and it, it's a pretty good panel like there's some hits and misses throughout the issue but his his drawings his art style um it turns out so it was enough for me to like look him up and he was doing a regular work over at DC. He'd been doing comics since the 50s. Um and at that time like right after this he started to run on the Flash for a few years. Um and the combo of Don Heck weirdly inking and his art I I thought was Pretty cool change for what we've seen lately. It, it was. I. It didn't really dawn on me until you said it, James, that there's five pages of them falling out of this plane. Yep. It's so crazy.
3: Yeah. Uh, and they yeah. just fly right by. That's how good the drawing is and the action is. That you don't even realize. I had to go back and count because I just. Like, <laughs> They're still falling <laughs> through. And a lot of decision making. A lot of conversations. Um, mine comes from the same issue, just a few pages later. This was hard for me because this is a regular Sophie's choice for me because, like, all of these panels of them falling are just so great and <laughs> so amazing. But I thought the one that I thought was the most interesting that I think just really also speaks to uh, Stan Lee and what he also does to also explain what's happening. he also did it in Thor too. We're so, past that, but when Thor throws the hammer. And he breaks this post, and they explain, like, well, you know, Thor doesn't have all of his powers, and if he did right now, that would be turned to dust. Like, always just sort of explaining (laughs) the physics or the mechanics of, like, Mm -hmm. what the world is, you know? And so on this panel, on page six, they're falling through the sky— Beast is holding on to Cyclops, and because the panel before, he's trying to like, you got to shoot your laser beam because we're gonna run into this spiky <laughs> mountaintop. And, <laughs> and then he, he, Cyclops is doing it, and you see the big like crank. You're just, it's all very action oriented. It's got you know, uh, we're seeing the the action words uh, that are happening there, and the rock is exploding. And then uh, Scott says, "We're only moments for impact." And then we have a little asterisk. Uh-oh, we're going to get something explained to us. So that we see in a little uh, yellow box. And it's Stanley letting us know what's going on. And he goes, I need to be stressed at this point that the human mind is capable of thinking at amazing speed. So all of the preceding events have occurred within a few seconds of each other. <laughs> uh, and then he signs it, uh, solicitous Stan. Uh, and then he goes, and then you, Cyclops is like, uh, only a miracle can save us now because he already, like, you know, bursted through the mountain. And the next panel is Angel come and rescue them. But I just love, I love that because again, I was like, How we? This is four pages at this point. <laughs> oh, the human mind, right? Four, right, science. right. Science, thank science everybody you. Everybody knows that, things. yeah. I, I
1: like the tone of it
3: too. It's like, Come on, like, everybody knows you this should is a truth. thing
1: know this, but just in
3: case, like, hello, <laughs> the human mind, people, a lot of things. And I was like, all right, shut me up. Yep. <laughs> all right, thanks me, for Stan.
2: explaining again, Stan. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Uh, three excellent panels uh, from a really fun month of comics. Um, uh, now I've got a, a piece of listener mail uh, that I wanted to uh, to uh, share with you all. Um, we got uh, a. Really nice email uh, from a listener named Spencer. Um, He said a lot of very highly complimentary things uh, that I am too embarrassed to read in front of our guests. But he uh, also uh, posed a very interesting question. Um, He said, uh, I was wondering if you'd done the maths on how long it would take you to get through the Marvel catalog at a pace of one month per week to the point where you're caught up with the comics that are being published concurrently with your episodes. Um, Well, uh, Spencer, we studied English and uh, multimedia art specifically uh, so that we would not have to answer questions like this. Um, But, Rob, do you have any guesses as to uh, when the episode that we're releasing uh, will be about the issues that actually came out that
2: month? Uh, I was, you know, just because I don't have a good grasp of the passage of time in general. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know, 20 years. You know, yeah, uh, it's actually it's pretty close. Uh,
1: so, so I did the math. Oh. Uh, s- singular, uh, because this is America, Spencer. Um, we can barely handle one math. Um, <laughs> uh, here's what I came up with. So we cover Marvel's releases about four times faster than they come out. Um, so, cause we do a weekly podcast for monthly issues. Um, so once you factor in things like recaps and bonuses, um, so we just hit, uh, August of 67 in this episode, which is about 640 ish months ago. Um, so it's going to take us about 13 and a half years to catch up. I was going
3: to say 10. I was going to yeah. guess what have been 10. Yeah. It's going
1: to take us 13 and a half years to catch up that are coming out to, uh, to the comics that are coming out this month right now. Then it's going to take us another three and a half years to catch up for that span. And then about another year on top of that to finally close the gap. So it comes out to be about 18 years total. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are scheduling our retirement party for uh, 2038 <laughs> and you are all uh, invited. Wow. Um, Yeah so there you go um if if you ever want to uh come up with a podcast premise where you're not going to have to think about what you're going to have to do the next episode um you know do a podcast on um the the racist and sexist things uh, that america does or uh <laughs> do a marvel comics history
3: podcast you'll never run out of material <laughs> so, yeah. or even though the catalog of Tory Spelling, you can do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. of, uh, <laughs> that's also that is
2: longer lived than uh, the Beatles. So uh, yeah,
3: Ninety Two and had like I think three hundred episodes. So yeah. you got a lot of work to do there. That'll um, do. Yeah. Definitely let me know when you get to the 70s and 80s when the writing gets a little bit more my sweet. <laughs> totally,
1: yeah. yes. But Absolutely. then the
3: boobs get too big, so that'll be a little, that'll be a different conversation. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's it's, it's a, a real tricky booby. balance yeah, <laughs> yeah, to find that sweet Plots spot. Plots are great. The, the objectification of women a uh, different turn. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, the last thing we got here uh, is some recommendations, uh, something we started doing this season. Uh, So these are comics other than comics that Marvel published in the 1960s. Um, So something maybe you can sink your teeth into a little bit more. Um, The uh, thing I'm going to recommend this week is uh, the comic book adaptation of American Gods, uh, volumes one through three, based on the novel by Neil Gaiman. Um, It was adapted for comics by P. Craig Russell and Scott Hampton. Uh, published by Our Hometown Heroes, uh, Dark Horse Comics. Um, I thought this was a relevant recommendation since we spent some time talking about Odin behaving very badly uh, (laughs) in this episode. Um, So I have been a huge Neil Gaiman fan uh, since the Season of Mist's uh, storyline in Sandman was coming out uh, in individual issues. Um, uh, Comics, that was where I first discovered Neil Gaiman. Um, It's honestly how I... Like reading him best now even Still Um, this adaptation Is just it's totally faithful To the original novel it's They gave it plenty of room to kind of unfurl and sprawl and um and just do its thing. Uh, and P. Craig Russell has been a collaborator of Gaiman's for decades. Um and I, I don't think anyone really understands Gaiman's comic book voice uh, as well as he does. So um yeah I, I just I finished the last couple volumes in a sprint uh last week and I really just absolutely loved the whole thing. So yeah that's I my had them
2: Sitting waiting to read. I read uh the, the first volume and then gave it away I have the you know, hardback and gave it mm-hmm. away as a present to someone to get them
1: nice. Yeah.
2: Get them going on comics. I, and again, we know that we, we're reading a lot of these silver age comics, so you don't have to listeners. Um, <laughs> uh, Unless
3: you're the guests. And then, you gotta- and then <laughs> we make you read, then them. you're but in
2: for, <laughs> you know, five or 10 issues of something. Um, yeah. That's
1: how we show our appreciation to you carving out a couple hours of the evening before a holiday. Um, like, <laughs> a read some uh, 1960s Marvel comics
2: for us. Um, well, I did uh, the goon. Um, this is a, uh, the volumes. It, it could be really any volume. There's like one through 10, zero. They have a zero version. This is it's a comic written and illustrated by Eric Powell. It's also published by Dark Horse Comics. Uh, the reason why I thought of it was a couple things. One, we've got carnies in this uh, in this mm-hmm. month. We've got mm-hmm. the uh, the Carnival of Crime, and the goon is it's hard to describe, but it, he's like a former carnival strongman who runs a criminal empire with the help of his sidekick Frankie, um, and he helps to keep a town safe from zombies, vampires, werewolves, and almost any supernatural or science fiction villain you can possibly think of. Um, everything takes place in a noirish 1930s style setting. Um, the stories are ridiculously violent and funny, uh, but they also include an actual depth that can be as heartbreaking as The Preacher at times. So um, the art often feels like some impossible combination of uh, Frank Frazetta, who famously did a bunch of covers for Conan the Barbarian and Heavy Metal Magazine, and like Little Orphan Annie comic strip. Um, it's a seriously this is weird mishmash of stuff um, I was also I was just rereading some of these collections last week because um, Eric Powell is working on an among the living comic which is uh to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the band anthrax is this seminal thrash metal band um they're uh that this this same titled album among the living um others contributing to that project include Rick Remender, Brian Passane, and Greg Nicotero to name a few. So, there's a lot of big names. Um yeah, and I'm they're one of my favorite uh, you know, metal bands just because they're they've always been very progressive. Uh I know their name is scary, but uh they they're they're one of the bands where their songs aren't about uh all about whatever you might think they're they're about um yeah, racism about the the treatment of indigenous peoples about uh, a lot of thoughtful things and they're just a great you know New York band. Um, it's also weird for me to I'm so into Bay Area metal and punk uh but they're they just broke through so uh, anyway that's a lot that's a lot to say recommendations are like the goon comic. Uh, anthrax if you want to listen to some 40 year old metal um and uh anything eric powell touches is beautiful
3: uh james do you have a recommendation i do sticking nice. out the dark horse comics recommendation um oh. i am a huge buffy the vampire slayer fan oh, i yeah. Don't if you haven't watched it, you can actually skip season one and go right to season two. Just watch <laughs> yep. the season finale of season one, and you're good to go. Maybe the premiere, but the season one is rough. Um, but get to season two. Uh, it's really great. But the, the show stopped at season seven. Uh, wrapped up really well, and then continued in comic book form. Uh, for multiple more seasons, and so I am such a huge fan of uh season eight. Um, I think I maybe fell off around season nine. In the comic book. So they just <clears throat> continue the storylines going in comic book forms. Joss Whedon is, uh, he wrote, I believe, the first uh, Buffy comic series, season eight. Uh, and it just is really cool just seeing where they went and just they can do so much more because it wasn't uh, uh, just going to be on television it was through comics so there's just so much that they can do with the characters and the storylines and at this point like they just have like multiple slayers that's running around doing all this kind of great stuff and so as a fan who was so sad to see the series end, to just get to have more time with these characters yeah uh, it was just really wonderful and um they just do some really great stuff with, with the characters and there's some eventually it's just like, oh, OK, what are we doing here? No, oh, this character's back now or oh, they're doing this now. And but it's just fun. It's a Buffy playground. So I, I recommend it. If you have if you ever watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, read this comic. If you haven't watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I don't think you should actually. I don't know. Mm maybe read it i don't know if it'll make sense to you if it'll mean as much to watch you. it like, first what, yeah <laughs> yeah go ahead and watch it first again skip season one and uh <laughs> then you will i think absolutely enjoy this comic book series because it'll it's so rooted in the tv series it just it literally they call it season eight they call it season eight nine ten um it's just so good.
1: That's rad. Well, uh, yeah, here's our uh, our Marvel Comics podcast, apparently this week uh, sponsored by Dark Horse Comics. So uh, represent here in the anarchist jurisdiction. Um, so, uh, James, uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, we had a ton of fun uh, talking with you. Uh, what can we plug for you?
3: Come on over to Minority Corner. That's what I would say the biggest thing. Uh, We are wherever you're listening to. You can find us there. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, soon to be on some sort of Amazon thing. Echo, we're about to be on that too. Where you can just be like, Hey, Alexa, don't murder me, but put on Minority Corner. And hopefully, you should listen. So, that's just the biggest thing. Minority Corner, come over, listen. It's a, it's a hoot and holler. If you've enjoyed my voice on this, then you'll enjoy it over there, where there's other guests, they come on and we do, uh, we're, we're nerdy, not this, this nerdy, but <laughs> this is pretty you'll, deep. You'll still yeah. get you'll look at some nerdy things and more. So, come on over to Minority Corner.
1: It's a wonderful show um I'm so glad uh you've been doing it as long as you have I'm so glad you decided to keep doing it um and I hope you'll continue doing it for quite a while because uh it has definitely been one of my go-to's this year of all years um it's'
3: I think it's uh, it's a really important podcast. You're doing really important work, and thanks for doing it. Thank you. I will say I will not be doing my show as long as you all will have to continue <laughs> doing your show. Well, I will bow before you all. <laughs> we, I, I don't I don't know that
1: we're going to wind up doing our show that long. Rob and I do have a, a murder-suicide pact once we hit the mid-'90s uh, Marvel Comics. Okay. so that, you know, seems, it,
3: that seems like a good time to start bowing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: as soon as Onslaught shows up, I think mm. uh, it's bang, mm-hmm. bang, and then we're out. <laughs> out so you can uh yeah.
2: hand it over to jack you know you, you have an <laughs> error to take over the podcast now Brian. hey uh, yeah. son
1: how much you read all these crappy comics that i got sick of that drove me away from reading marvel comics when i was a kid oh but um, i'll get
3: to experience the likes of jubilee in the 90s oh that's yeah. true oh, i mean there, there there's go. definitely
1: going to be silver linings to all of it um, there, <laughs> there's good stuff in every era so well uh, as for us um, we are still collecting those Apple podcast reviews or any podcast service you use that supports reviews um, if you uh, leave us a review um, the maximum number of stars uh, <laughs> send us a screenshot of that to Marvel by the month at gmail.com with a mailing address and we'll put some goodies in the mail for you um, you can follow us on Instagram at Marvel by the month. Um, marvelbythemonth.com has links to our social channels as well as our shop where you can buy Rob's uh, Stay Inside and Read Comics Mjolnir t-shirt and uh, that's pretty much it so uh, until next week I'm Brian Stratton and I'm Rob Melm we hope you will stay safe, stay healthy and stay inside and read comics